Hello Audio Listener. Please subscribe, leave a like and review on the platform you're listening from. The video version of this show is on YouTube and the link will be in the description. Hello and welcome back to another Ravering Podcast and in this episode I'm excited to introduce to you Still London. Still London is a producer from Toronto, now living in Vancouver and is an absolute talent within the electronic music scene and runs one of the most iconic studios in North America. In this episode we discuss the electronic music industry and what it's like navigating through the electronic scene with running DJ tutorials, running one of the most iconic studios in North America, producing music and so much more. We cover the foundation of what it's like to start a DJ tutorial masterclass, how running a public studio for producers and how finding and booking DJs for his residency every Thursday. So if you're looking for tips and tricks on how you could build your own studio, start your own mix series and everything else involved with DJing, then this is for you. Also, don't forget to hit the subscribe button, give us a thumbs up and leave a comment in the video and help us grow the show so we can continue to get on great guests. And thank you ever so much for supporting the show. I'll see you on the next one. Cheers, bro. Cheers, bro. Thanks, well, thanks for having me. That's right. Welcome to another Rovering Podcast. And, and uh, I'm glad you come out here, really. Yeah. Thanks. This is a studio for itself. Absolutely. Yeah, it's beautiful. Thank Stoked you, to be here. Thanks, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, uh, I've, you know, I've been trying to get you on for a long time. I know things have got in the way, personal life and yeah. just being busy, DJing. Yeah. You're a very busy man, aren't you? So, so let's go start off then. Like, Where did it all begin? Let's, let's learn more about Still London because sure. we see the man behind the decks, but we don't know the man behind the decks. Right. So let's learn a bit more about that. So yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, yeah, first of all, thanks again for having me. All um, good, mate. It's always good to chat with you. And now it's awesome to, to be here and, uh, you know, just to have a nice long conversation and yeah, just sit down and chat. And um, where it all started for me was uh, honestly, like I've always been a big fan of electronic music, um, house music. The first, uh, the first electronic track that I really ever heard that I fell in love with was when I was in like first grade. First. Yeah. First grade. Really? And that was, uh, that was children by Robert Miles. Oh, fuck me. Yeah. Rest in peace. <laughs> Rest that, in peace. Yeah. That was a banging tune. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, it's a banging tune. Yeah. It's mad. Yeah, so I was a little confused kid, you know, living in France, trying to learn French because my family moved around a lot Yeah. when I was a kid. And uh, so I guess that's, you could say that's where it started. Um, but my dad is also a musician, um, really amazing piano player, used to be in a band, uh, a few bands actually, um, you know, playing in Europe and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of where it started. And, uh, you know, I was, I was kind of like the kid in high school who would have his Walkman or a CD player. And yeah, you know. Would, be, would just be on the bus on the way to school. Yeah, exactly like same. Listening to Above and Beyond, like the Tri-State album and Tiesto Just Be and, you know, all those classics. Yes, mate. Um, yeah. And yeah, that's that was sort of just... So I basically got an early start into into listening and being a fan of electronic music. So what countries did you travel around to then? Um, so I was born in Slovakia and um like i said at an early age we moved to france and then we moved back to slovakia 
And then we moved to Canada finally when I was nine years old. Yeah. And we moved to London, Ontario. And that's why my DJ name is still London because my parents uh-huh. are still there. That's kind of like where our roots are. Yeah. When we moved uh, to Canada when we came over here. So nice. And uh, I'm just going to show the camera that you actually bought some Czech beer. I did. There you yeah. go. Thanks very much. A little gift. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, so obviously you come from like the Robert Mars and all that sort of music sort of stuff and uh, your dad's, so your dad obviously had a big impact on like bringing you into the music scene. Mm-hmm. So where did it grow from from there then? So you've obviously been introduced with like say Robert Miles and Above and Beyond and then yeah. you listen to your Walkman and then how does it go on from that? Yeah, so um, you know another factor or I guess in my inspiration or in my beginnings as a, as a DJ was uh, my older brother Merrick. Right. Um, who actually DJs now under the the alias uh, Ami Eight, like A M I Eight. Right. Uh, awesome DJ, and like he, um, he basically he he kind of started fiddling with uh, with making kind of compilations or CDs or you know stuff with his favorite tracks, and then he introduced me to to this program called Mixmeister. Mixmeister. Yeah, it's a software called Mixmeister, and it was basically like a dedicated DJ software. So you had your basic, you know, kind of timeline and you just throw tracks in and you'd have like the, the bass, mids and high knobs or whatever. So you'd sit there and click and make transitions. Was that like the EJ used to get in cereal boxes? I guess. Did you get yeah. that in Canada? No, never. No, no. in UK you used to get a CD no. called EJ. No, I, d- I haven't heard of that. No, what is, what is oh, that? it was a CD called EJ. You used to get it in cereal, like, in cereal, like your Vice Krispies or something. Really? Yeah, and you used to put it into the thing and be like, oh, I can mix tracks. Like, what? Yeah, in the cereal box. Oh, you got DJ software in cereal boxes? Yeah, it's called EJ. Yeah, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> it's crazy. You thought, uh, thought I was a top DJ at like nine years old eating <laughs> no Rice Krispies. <laughs> Yo, give me that box of cereal. <laughs> yeah, EJ. I think, I think it's called EJ. Something like, yeah, but... That's so awesome. You, your brother started doing that then on this like yeah. software then. Yeah. And then like you was you doing that as well? Where, was I DJing as well? Or? Yeah, like was he sh- doing that was you showing that was he showing that to you? Yeah, he yeah. yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. he kind of started with that and then I kind of just like took off with it like in terms of just you know, starting to experiment and all that and then eventually I got my first uh like little DJ controller. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was like an Allen and Heath. It was like one of those Allen and Heath uh, all-in-one controllers. You went with good brands for the first one. Yeah, yeah, that was my first. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then later to uh, later, I got a Tractor S4, and then after that, eventually, you know, after playing a few gigs on Ontario with the Tractor and having to depend on a laptop to have all my music and all that stuff, I was like, you know what? It's probably time I learn. CDJs and yeah. just carry around the the good old USBs. Yeah, classic. So, so I'm going to step it back a bit. And obviously, Czechoslovakian roots. Uh, so you're born, still London, stuff like that. So, do you, was it obviously you got into like above and beyond, like we said, Robert Miles and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Was there any kind of music that would come from like you know like from Czech that influenced you as well that you liked that sort of took you back to your roots like that? Um, I mean. Elec- like in terms of electronic music not really but any sort of music yeah but i would say kind of like the yeah the classical music classical music yeah. um in high school i played in like you know the band for all four years and played in some other like extra bands in high school as well played the trumpet oh, <laughs> which was a good good old time yeah um 
but yeah definitely just like having to learn music theory and listening to you know great composers um and kind of getting inspired by just listening to and having to participate in you know just collectively playing instruments as a band and seeing what like the tuba what space the tuba takes up like yeah. the bass you know the bass range you know like the lower level um big instruments that kind of provide the bass range and then like you know just just seeing and observing and listening to um just that combination of live instruments i'm sure had an impact 100 you know? yeah because classical yeah. music is basically i mean some people might not agree but i think classical music is sick oh it's amazing like when you listen to it yeah, and how it's yeah, all structured yeah. like yeah it's amazing and then when you watch like an orchestra in it like how yeah. the composer does you know what i mean everyone blends in it's yeah. it's like yeah you get your dj and they mix and on dance floor you get the crowd pumping things like that. but yeah. this is like moving the people like the players and the crowd that are watching mm -hmm. i think it's a massive massive benefit like for music like that. oh it's incredible yeah and the one thing i'm kind of like envious of with uh with bands and orchestras you know yeah. when you when they're playing live is like they don't really have a um like a loudness ceiling like no. they're they're afforded so much more dynamic range like when you hear you know a live symphony or orchestra where there's like it's not really coming out of like the pa system that has a specific ceiling they can really hit like the super quiet notes and like then like really expand into like you know the, the crescendos and yeah you know that kind of like those like big powerful finales in in music yeah whereas i mean obviously over the years with electronic music it's just gotten more and more squashed and more compressed compressed yeah and man all that stuff right yeah but i feel like it's kind of coming back to like i don't know what you think but like the loudness wars like do you think it's kind of like gone away for the loudness yeah because i think i think what in my eyes a lot of people if you listen to basic music back in the day when people were sampling music yeah and they were like in the 80s and stuff and things like that it was more you could play more with it and there was less stuff involved mm -hmm. i think now everyone's trying to involve so much into tracks now trying yeah. to add so much to fill the little gaps and i think some little gaps in music need to be there I think so. Do too. you know what I mean? So, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. if you go back to classical music, I'm not an, an expert on this. I just love listening to it. But you know, certain instruments will have their time, and then certain two will blend in. You know, but I think with electronic music now, we're just trying to cram so much into it, and then squash it to make it fit. Do you know I mean? It's like trying to fit. Yeah. I know, like um, a car in a cardboard box. You know, it's just trying to. Yeah. And I just, you know, I think you're right in that. Yeah, and I think sometimes we need to just take it back to the basics, like the old stuff, mm -hmm. where it's really effective. Do you know what I mean? I think so too. I think um, simplicity is really hard to achieve in production. Yeah, you know, because the less elements you have, the more like clear and refined those elements have to be. Mm -hmm. And that can be scary as a producer when mm -hmm. you're like, you know, this just doesn't sound quite right. I'm gonna just like layer it with a bunch of stuff to like make it sound okay. Yeah. But then you end up muddying the mix and, you know, potentially and just overcomplicating things. So, yeah, like yeah. if you like if you listen to like the original like house tracks, like I'm going to go back to say 2000, I think it was 11 or 9 or whatever. But Jamie Jones is 
remix or hot nature remix of um, hungry for the power mm-hmm. you know it was very basic it was very yeah. gritty but it was still like a proper banging tune, oh yeah which i mean that everyone loved and i oh, think yeah. everyone like you say everyone's trying to put too much in i think we're yeah. moving a bit away from that i could be wrong i think some people are moving away some people are yeah. getting more complicated yeah. but i mean one of my favorite producers eric prids you know his stuff is <laughs> fairly simple is it piano you, or pajano a was? piano oh or, that was yeah. a banger man oh that's a classic that used to be one of my favorites as well yeah that's, that yeah. song is just wicked yeah and uh i was talking about tiesto yeah i was um listening to his copenhagen mix when he mix and then one of the first mixes he done was one of his tracks i think it was and he mixed in dead masses not exactly okay yeah and it was like dun, 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 dun. yeah and i was like oh my god like I had it on DVD and everything. I was like, <laughs> I had it on oh, DVD. shit. And he's got like CDJ 1000s. I'm like, oh, this is brand new gear yeah. and everything. Yeah. It was so sick. And I was just like, yeah. oh, man, it's wicked times. That's what music. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I mean, I've, I've also been a big fan of hip hop all my life. Yeah. You know, as well. Um, so it's like electronics always been my number one. But mm-hmm. I think, I don't know, for me, it's it's really cool to like sometimes just go ahead and listen to like something completely different that kind of then like re-inspires you and i th- you know. i i don't know what i fucking totally agree with this and I've, I've spoke yeah. to quite a few people about this is like if you expose yourself to more genres you're going to learn more techniques or more yeah. sounds to yeah. put in your genre like i always yeah. say this one drum and bass right mm-hmm. drum up drum and bass it's very acidy very like yes. squelchy distorted yeah. But a lot of that would go well with techno, mm-hmm. you know, like or for house, a lot of classical could go well with that. Yeah. Piano stuff, right? And violins yeah, yeah. and yeah. you've got a Timmy trumpet, right? He plays a lot of the trumpets over yes. house tracks. Yeah. And that goes really well. Yeah. So I think yeah. listening to different genres, I think is a fantastic. Oh, totally. Mix man. with like your music and that. Totally. Big fan of drum and bass, like massive fan of liquid drum and bass. Liquid, yeah? Yeah. I'm Just, a jump up guy. Yeah. Yeah, I love jump out. But that's what we grew up with, like in the UK, right? Yeah, Liquid wasn't really a thing, but yeah, yeah. I mean, fucking yeah, drum bass is a really good thing to learn, like elements as well. It's tough to produce. Yeah, I've never actually tried producing it. That's the thing. Like, I've tried. I would love useless. to. <laughs> I was I just should. like, oh, it's just useless. But it's it's, it's good to like do definitely. Mm-hmm. So let's go a bit, a bit back then. So obviously you was doing your um, you was doing like the. Uh, mixing stuff with your brother and then you got your your, your sort of uh, controllers and things like that what was like the sort of first sort of music you was mixing with that then like was you experimenting with music when you got your like your uh, controllers or was you just sticking to a certain genre that you liked or was you mixing up a bit yeah it was mostly it was mostly house really yeah house trance progressive house um, mostly that stuff uh, deep house and then in Ontario I also like you know I was playing a few like house parties and and whatnot yep and so I would kind of just like be playing everything and I learned to DJ spinning a lot of hip-hop too Sick. and like top 40 stuff you know because yeah. you know a friend would hire me for just a bar gig yeah and that's what you had to play so let's go into <laughs> so, this then yeah <laughs> so like what did you used to do like did you used to do like everyone's birthday parties like when 
like everyone was like 16 years old or something you still like dj their parties and stuff or it wasn't that early no um no it was more it was more in university like once i graduated high school yeah then i then i basically like bought my first that like alan and heath controller and everything so inside doing everyone's parties and that yeah yeah a few here a few there yeah Uh, they go for you like the commercial ones i mean top 40 (laughs) yes we've all done them interesting yeah. right there's yeah it's it's a it's a funny experience because it was kind of like i want to dj the stuff that i enjoy djing but and so i'm like taking gigs to kind of like i guess get like a, a bit of exposure and like trying Pro to presence. find those mm-hmm. opportunities right um but at the end of the day like it i don't know like sometimes i didn't enjoy it obviously because i'm not you know somebody comes up to me and is like you know drunk people are requesting some top 40 song that i would never listen to yeah like on my own yeah um it's not like the most fun but it made me a way better dj just having to mix hip-hop and having to mix fast and being under that kind of pressure yeah of even just like dealing with requests and people rolling up and asking you stuff or yelling at you or yeah yeah. (laughs) or whatever right so um did you do any mic work never never no 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 big it up for sheila she wants robin s show me except for new year's yeah that was like the only time that i would you know because if i'm djing on new year's up to the countdown then you got to do something (laughs) but happy new year that's it no i've literally (laughs) i've never i've never been a microphone person yeah um because to me it's just like just play the music yeah you know try and do the best you can with your mix and let the music speak for itself and yeah i think it's good though to do it because you get to learn like crowd presence yeah like you get to mm-hmm. learn how what works with the crowd because you, you're not just like if you go to like say one of your events right and you, your people come to see like house music progressive house and melodic house and all that sort of stuff mm-hmm. but then when you're playing for a crowd like you've got to do house drum and bass hip-hop Mm. top 40 you've got to do everything to keep everyone in there and i think like yeah doing that kind of dj is way way more tougher in the sense that you've got to please everyone definitely do you know what i mean you've got to pay like the the, the chart bangers and mm-hmm. stuff like that so you're right yeah. though it's, it's a good learning curve isn't it yeah for sure yeah. yeah it's uh i don't regret any of it like i think it's all learning lesson like for me i, I guess it was kind of a sign that you know i wanted to dj so bad that I would take gigs yeah. that involved me playing not really what I would usually like to play, but just then I would end up having fun and having a good time. That's what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah. 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 And I would try to, it was interesting because within the genres that I like normally wouldn't play or like, you know, say I was asked to do a, like a top 40 gig. Yeah. I would like purposely like go and search up remixes yeah of those top 40 songs yeah that i knew i could probably get away with that like kind of had a vibe that yeah. was like okay i can you know i can i could play this and, and enjoy it so every every like top 40 song that was coming out like all the bil- billboard charts i was just on google like this song remix that song remix yeah. like i would <laughs> i would always like stay away from the originals and just try to find some cool housey remix or 
yeah you know something that would like excite me more but how did you get your music back then oh that's a good question um i mean it's, it's so such a such things. a such an evolution right like yeah. obviously we all know the classic lime wires the aids for your computer we, yeah we know <laughs> yeah. we know the napsters um we know the the torrents like all you know all that stuff there was one i used called imesh what was that it's fucking shit it was just like lime wire yeah as soon as you went on it and downloaded it your computer was fucked yeah it's like oh, i've got one good track out of it for <laughs> a fucking really expensive computer or you download a song and it was like it was it was named something but it was a completely different track completely different yeah. yeah so yeah back like way back like in high school and like early university where i was just getting into djing i would just try to like google the songs or yeah. use one of those things that was like you know i didn't i barely knew about beatport i barely knew about track source i barely knew about juno yeah you know like any of that stuff um obviously now it's and for many many years now like if i if i want to get a track there's no other option but to buy it yeah you gotta support your scene right you have to yeah. yeah like what would i want somebody to do if i made a song and put it out and they wanted to play it's like yeah like support the person that spent time creating it and yeah and also you just want the artwork on that 3000 you know yeah that's that's when it's sick, spinning it? it's, yeah it's worth it <laughs> yeah, that's like that's because again like did you ever like play vinyl collect vinyl or anything like that um or just dabble in it i've dabbled a little bit but yeah. only after i moved to vancouver yeah because i'm yeah. thinking about getting back into it again because mm-hmm. like when you bring up the artwork for the 3000 yeah i found the same with like vinyl yeah like, you know the artwork is the cool little bit spins around and yeah and you get different colors and stuff like that. So I'm trying to get back into that kind of thing. Yeah. But you're right, though. 3,000. When I first paid on them when I came to Northern House, which we'll get up onto, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. But like, um, just, just, I got on, I was like, fucking, I haven't paid these yet. It's sick. They're massive as well, though. Yeah. Like the size of a coffee table. But they're like fantastic, fantastic, like, pieces of equipment. And then, like, I was like, hey, man, that V10, <laughs> you have to show me. Oh, the V10. Because I haven't played in that before. Yeah, that's an yeah. extreme mixer as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's amazing. So, we go into Northern House then. So, because um, I'm trying to paint a picture here. So, you've sure, gone yeah. from, like, you know, the school days, getting to that music, DJing some commercial clubs. Um, when was, like, your first ever, like, proper gig that you wanted to do like did you send mixes out did you do mixes somewhere else and then send them in like how did you approach your first like proper gig that you wanted to do like overall or in vancouver overall let's start from yeah start like early yeah yeah overall um i think it was i was so in university i was part of um a fashion show it was actually like one of the biggest student-run fashion shows um that raised like tens of thousands of dollars every year yeah um like for children's health foundation and like kind of like you know good causes and um at the end of the fashion show um they would always have like a massive party yeah and that's like when i was starting to get into djing right i started to be a part of this fashion show i was part of it for like five years and uh i think one year i was just like can i can I play this? Can I play this after party? Mm-hmm. You know? And that was kind of like my first, like, can I play this gig? Um, 
can I like put together a bunch of just awesome house remixes and banging tracks, you know, that I can just play all night. And yeah, I would say that was kind of like my first gig that I was like, yeah, this is, this is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's cool, man. Like, and like, how was like doing a fashion party? Did you like, is it the after party? So everyone's mm-hmm. there. Like, was it like everyone that was in the fashion, including the models, everything, whatever? Yeah. All at this party. Yeah, everyone that's everyone. part of the fashion show and everybody that like came to the fashion to, show. Yeah. yeah. So it was like people that came and just, just watched and then people that's that were sick. in it. So, and we were all like close and, you know, everybody was friends because it was basically a, f- a full year thing to prepare for this, uh, for this like end of the year fashion show. So yeah. it was a pretty big production, you know, lots of choreo- choreographed dancing, lots of cool performances all that kind of stuff that's sick yeah and then like what sort of music would you play at that i would say like kind of like banging house remixes of stuff that people could still like recognize mm-hmm. um progressive house like techno just energetic stuff yeah and have you ever thought about djing for a fashion show Sorry? You ever thought about DJing for the fashion show? I did that once, actually. Did you? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm thinking deep now, aren't I? Yeah, yeah. But it wasn't It wasn't for that one. I think it was for another one um, where I was, like, literally, it was, it was a funny scenario, <laughs> like, being kind of off the stage. Yeah. Right? And just, like, DJing live while, like, while the, the people would be walking out and all that stuff so how does that work then so if say like you've got a different brand for clothing right and yeah. they want a certain song do you have to have like a list of like okay these people are going to be walking out first then i need to play like their track that they want for their yeah brand. it was pretty it was, it, was like it was pretty planned out yeah 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 that's fucking wicked yeah. and it all like, went smoothly nothing went wrong or? yeah i think so yeah <laughs> <laughs> i haven't, <laughs> I haven't gotten anything in the mail so sweet that's wicked i've, yeah. I've never because like people like I love like hearing the stories like people like play different things here and there but like I've never said, spoke to anyone who's done a like DJ at a fashion party yeah that's fucking wicked like yeah, a fashion cool. party and like the actual runway thing like for the fashion yeah that's a cool fucking gig yeah definitely do you reckon you'd do that again? depends on what it would be yeah yeah mm-hmm. that's cool yeah if it aligned like I feel like nowadays I'm kind of uh selective in the sense that i'm like okay if it aligns with what i can provide and you know what the other collective is doing then i'm i'm all about it you mm. know? So. so from that then what, what was the next part of your journey to like dj well i guess you know we can touch on the move to vancouver the move to vancouver let's do yeah. it what made you come to vancouver was it your parents no, it wasn't my oh, parents. Oh, you posted in, in London, sorry, yeah. So, what made you move to Vancouver? Um, honestly, just a life lifestyle change in terms of uh, I had been in London, Ontario for so long. Yeah. You know, and I had been like kind of traveling back and forth uh, between London and Toronto, and because uh, I have I have a brother in Toronto, and at that time I had like two siblings in Toronto. Yeah. Um. So I was, you know, I did like public school from grade four then high school then four years of university then two years masters and then another two years another masters 
So I had been in university for eight years and this was all being in London, Ontario. Right. So after graduating and be like, okay, I'm done with school. Yeah. Like I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, um, I got, uh, I actually got a job in London, Ontario. So like, (laughs) all right, like I'm staying here, I guess. Yeah. Um, but after a few years, I was like, you know, it's time for a change. I want to go sort of. Like, as they say, spread your wings. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I chose uh, Vancouver because growing up in Slovakia, it was just mountains and nature and a lot of that kind of stuff. And yeah, I, I really miss that, you know. Slovakia is beautiful, isn't it? I've been to mm-hmm. Slovakia. It's a lovely place. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. Like, the mount- the mountains there are awesome. The food there is awesome. Food's great. Yeah. Yeah. The beer. Beer's good, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Oh, beer's wicked. Oh, no, because I'm tasting it right now. It there right you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, can you speak Slovakian then? Yeah, I can. You can? Yeah, yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah, it's my first language. Really? Yeah. Man of many talents. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Not by choice, you Not know. Not by choice, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're born a Slovakian baby, you gotta... You gotta pick up the lingo. Yeah, you gotta figure it out. <laughs> yeah. So, how was this, the, the dance scene in, like, London, Ontario then? Um, not really... Not really present, to no? be honest. Um... There's like a few venues sometimes trying to do like a, f- a few kind of like housey, dancey things. But for the most part, it was just, uh, it's, a, it's a very big university town, right? Okay. I've never been, so I'm, I'm yeah. going by what you're, yeah. Yeah. So it's a, it's, it's a very big university town. And so it's mostly just like your, your typical bars and, you know, there's some, there's some awesome venues and bars there. Yeah. Um, there's one venue called the London Music Hall, um, which was where I played those like fashion show after parties. Um, and they would bring some really awesome like house, progressive house, techno talent and stuff like that. But for the most part, like compared to what we have in Vancouver right now, um, it wasn't anything that I wanted to like keep, keep investing in because typically you go from London, you you go to Toronto and you you start playing in Toronto at at all the venues that they have, which, you know just peak, isn't it? Yeah, it's Let's just go. much more yeah. Diverse and there's a lot more um investment obviously in a big bigger city like that. So in Montreal in it as well. Montreal oh, 100%. is yeah, 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 insane. They got stereo and yeah. They you know, they're invested massively in their yeah. their dance culture scene, right? Oh yeah. And hopefully Vancouver sort of, you know, picks up that part as well. Yeah. But I mean, would you, what's your takes on the Vancouver scene anyway? Because for a, me... It's a good question. <laughs> for me, it's the fucking time clubs close. It just drives me sad. It drives me insane. What do you, what do you like mean? The, 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 the time that clubs shut. Oh, yeah. It's like two o'clock in it or something. Oh, yeah. Right, right. You're talking about yeah. when they shut down. Like the shut, the clubs, some some yeah. go till three. Um, but I feel like... We have so many, well, I wouldn't say so many, but a few really solid like after hours Mm -hmm. spots here in the city that always give you the option to, you know, if you don't want to stop partying at two or three and you want to go see another amazing DJ, typically like almost every weekend now, or I would say every weekend now, you have the option to do that. So, yeah. yeah. So when you moved to uh, Vancouver then, like, what was your first gig that you did and how like, did you break into the scene in Vancouver when you first got here? Like, you know, like for listeners and things like that, like you've just mm-hmm. arrived in Vancouver. Yeah. Like, right, I want to 
success scene how do i get involved like because yeah. what you what you say here might help someone yeah break into a scene anywhere if they move to a new city or something like that because people mm-hmm. are moving all over the place now so how would you break into that or how did you sorry um it's i have a i have kind of an interesting story of how i kind of just got into it yeah um i have a good buddy um dan who whose wedding i actually went to this past saturday oh yeah, yeah. congrats dan yeah congrats dan yeah happy happy married to the happy yeah. couple yeah and uh he moved here like way before i did and um you know he's been working with monster cat for for a long time they're pretty big and i monster cat yeah yeah and um so basically when i got to vancouver i was like i was just talking i was just chatting with him and and he's he pointed me in the direction of groundwork right yeah Joel was, West is one, yeah because yeah, i was like i was like where you know where should i go to any recommendations you have for me to like check out in the city or because i wanted to start exploring and seeing what was good you know yeah in vancouver when it came to the scene and so dan was like yeah go check out groundwork it's this monthly uh like networking event for like producers djs um that that you just you know you go to uh by donation and they play producers tracks they usually have a keynote speaker and funnily enough the first groundwork i went to bryn bryn lytle Mm -hmm. who's like one of my best friends and closest friends Legend. and also studio partner now yeah shout out Bryn was shout out to Bryn and um he was the guest speaker mm-hmm. and you know so I just came in I sat down I um Joel interviewed him shout out to Joel West as well yeah um, man found love for the scene and because mm-hmm. if it wasn't for him I wouldn't have met Bryn and also wouldn't have met uh my my partner my girlfriend victoria so oh there you go yeah because i met her at like the third groundwork oh really (laughs) yeah so (laughs) yeah joel joel west is the connector of a lot of things for me oh there you go and i and i've told him this you know oh yeah yeah a handful of times yeah Yeah. but he loves that oh i mean yeah i I love him so (laughs) that's wicked though yeah yeah i met my missus in a pub i mean meeting him at like a sort of music gatherings like a different story yeah that's that's fucking wicked though yeah and and so Brian and i connected after that first groundwork just yep. you know having a couple beers uh when we were listening to people's tracks and um then we decided to meet up uh like outside of it and just um just kind of start chatting and stuff and then i invited him to a party that i was asked to play at Yep. Um, for a friend's birthday in in West Van, it was just kind of like a house party thing. Yep. Um, th- where a friend lived with uh, a bunch of other people. It was one of those like big houses with ten people living in them. Everyone's doing their yeah. own cool little things. And yeah. Um, I think that's when like Bryn heard me DJ for the first time. Mm-hmm. And uh, so like not only did we become good friends, he was like, oh, like you're you're actually a good dj and all that stuff and you know then i obviously visited northern house and we kind of just got closer and closer and closer and um before i knew it we were doing the house residency thursday nights at uh, at northern house and hosting different guest djs every single week and giving them a platform and also just having like a beautiful night 
every single uh every single thursday yeah to bring you know people from the from the scene closer together and make connections and hear different djs um on the decks and yeah yeah it's a beautiful platform i mean we're going to dive into this now because mm-hmm. obviously we've gone through your journey of, of how you got into it and hope, I, hope, hope that wasn't too long <laughs> no that's good man we want to know the more about this still london so oh, nice. <laughs> um so with northern house and yeah you got involved with brewing and stuff like that and yeah. you're repping the merch of the the cap as well that's so right. fair play and i ain't got i ain't got, I ain't got a rave room hat but i'll get one. Oh, it's all good it's all good photoshop um, was that photoshop photoshop okay. yeah <laughs> um so yeah you got into the northern house thing which i was fortunate enough to play a couple of weeks ago which is yes. oh, thank you very much for that you killed it um appreciate it, man yeah it was great big love and so how, how did northern house when you got into that how did you start the residency what was what brought up the idea for that for the, the residency that you do because you host a residency every thursday yes if we go and check them out it is Northern House on Twitch as well. Follow me on Instagram. All that jazz. Still London. Still London as well. You run the residency. Mm-hmm. Like you said earlier, you invite guests. Yeah. So how did you, what come up with the idea to start this residency? You know what? I think it was Bryn that came up with that idea. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember. He might be able to tell you better. Um, I wish I could just get him, give him a call right now and be like, do it. Just get, get him on the phone now. Just do it. It'd be wicked. <laughs> that would be cool. My phone's over there somewhere. Just, if you want it, you can. Just, just get him on it. Like, hey, Brent, how do we just start more than else? Yeah, right? You're going to do it. Really? Yeah, go, go, go. On. Yeah, go on. Just do it. See what he says. Hopefully you can hear me. Yeah, I can hear that. Hey, bro. How you doing? Good, good. Uh, so this, this is kind of a funny call because me and Brad are doing the uh, the podcast right now. Yeah, yeah. And we thought it'd be fun to uh, to give you a quick shout because um, he was asking me like, oh, how did house residency originate? And I was like, I'm pretty sure Bren came up with the idea. Really? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, that's that's exactly that's exactly what I said. I was like, "How did how did we come up with it?" But then I was like, "I think I think Bryn might have like." Are we live on the pod right now? Yeah, we are. We're while well, we're recording. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's up? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Two, it was just you, and then 
decided to bring on guests. Right. Yeah, and it just kind of organically happened, like, because it, it was during the pandemic, like, we didn't really have anyone in the studio. And, right. Um, we had done, to kind of launch the live room, we had done the, the four-episode series featuring, like, you and Victoria, um, Wave Report, um, Kevin Shu, yep. Sid, and myself. And those had looked really cool, and I wanted a, a way to kind of keep showcasing the studio every week um, and, and just kind of keep getting it out in front of people. Right. And so I think I, think I approached you about doing a mixed series. Yeah. But yeah, after that, it was just a totally organic collaboration. And it just kind of morphed into what it is now. Sweet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was hard for me to remember because it was. You're right; it was so organic. It kind of just. I was just like, "Cool, fucking bring up that." I was kidding. I think I remember now. Yeah, I asked you about it, and you're like, "Oh wow!" So I said, "Do you want to do your own? Do you want to have your own show?" Because I think at the time I was almost thinking of starting a few different shows, um, and just really that one really stuck. Right. So yeah. Cool, man. Well, I, pre- I appreciate you uh, taking the call and uh, jo- joining <laughs> us on the uh, live on the air. <laughs> live on the air, let's go, Ray. Yes. yes. <laughs> well, big ups to Brad and Rave Room Podcast and everything you're doing for this scene. Cheers, mate. I love you. Shout out. Uh, couldn't applaud you more. So, uh, yeah, enjoy the rest of your podcast, guys. Cheers, man. Cheers, mate. Love you very much. Thank you. Yeah. Love you, bro. <laughs> there you go mate there you go that's how it went i love it so it organically started yep so how do you get your guests on then like how do you find the guests that you want to pick and like select them and get them on every thursday then um it's it's such a combination um it's uh sometimes we'll get requests you know people message me or message bryn um sometimes we'll see that DJ's coming from out of town and they'll be here like during that time. So yeah. we're like, oh, this this is cool to get an out of town DJ on the show potentially. Um, sometimes people come up to me or to Bryn like when we're out either playing gigs or when we're supporting our, our friends mm-hmm. playing at different venues. And also just connecting through social media and... Uh, just kind of observing, you know, who's playing where, who's playing what, uh, seeing maybe some new faces on on lineups. Yep. You know, so that's sick. And like, how did how did um because obviously you did you did Thursday. You also did like the Northern House. Also did the um uh new tracks like sort of series, right? You can send in tracks and you can have it reviewed. Yes. They also did that right yeah, as de- well. Demo Jam. Demo yeah. Jam, that was mm-hmm. it, yeah. yeah. That's another great thing Northern House do as well. Yeah. They, yeah, they did that, and I'm yeah. sure they might do it again in the future. Yeah. But what other things do Nor- does Northern House provide? Because I've been to Northern House. If you haven't been there, it's a great, great studio. Mm-hmm. Provides a lot for musicians. And, yeah, it's a fantastic, fantastic uh, 
facility. Cheers, man. Yeah. Like to fucking yeah. make music. You got fucking awesome speakers in there. Oh yeah. Um, the barefoots are. Barefoots are fucking insane. Top notch. And yeah, just like the you got the mixing room, you got the studio. We also did like a podcast, didn't we? Just to show briefly like the the studio itself. So how do you how do you try and get navigate the time of getting the the flying in DJs into the studio for a mix? Like how do you approach that? Well, typically it's uh, typically just kind of comes off as like from them already coming to the city, mm-hmm. you know, or if we know somebody personally, you know, we might invite them down or if, uh, if one of our friends is throwing an event with them headlining or, or having them come down for a separate gig on the weekend, maybe they get here earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, like for example, you know, I, uh, I played the open air gala at science world uh last friday how'd that go it was really cool yeah it was really awesome yeah um shout out to cam shout out to uh kirash you know shout out to pixel art like all the, the bootleggers all yeah those, yeah all i spoke to cam at one of the rx pies yeah absolutely geezer yeah mm-hmm. and uh yeah so i played that and you know one of their headliners was uh ray cash i think uh, who came from came down from LA. Yeah. And so, you know, we, then we had them on Saturday, uh, at the studio, just, just do a mix on the decks in the live room, which is really cool. That's sick. Yeah. So, so, you know, so you do the Northern house studio every Thursday, Mm -hmm. people make sure you go and tune and check it out. How like uh, DJing in Vancouver, like how many, like, where have you DJed? Like, what clubs have you done? Mm-hmm. Like, what's your your journey been in Vancouver as a DJ? Because we're trying to uplift Vancouver scene. You've played a lot of love like events. Yes. Yeah. Like, so how like what venues have you played, and what venues can people go to that are like, really good? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I would say you know one of my favorites, Gorgamish. Legend place, isn't it? Legendary place. Um, you know. Shout out to Graham and Amy, awesome, awesome humans. Mm-hmm. Um, Gorgamish is very special because it's it's a three hour set, yeah, and uh, that's both incredibly liberating as a DJ, but also incredibly like scary. Yeah, you know, have you got the arsenal for it? Yeah, have yeah. you got the tracks? Can you can you like seamlessly flow through not only different styles different genres or different energies but can you like kind of stay on point for that three hours to really also connect to the crowd and yeah see what works see what doesn't and uh you know it being a an after hour spot open from 2 a.m to 8 a.m it's uh it's it makes it even potentially more challenging because it's easy to potentially lose a crowd at six in the morning when yeah. everybody's already tired and like could probably go to bed within five minutes right so yeah yeah it's i would say gorgamish is definitely um one of my favorites and i have so much love for it because it's yeah it's not only made me a better dj but just kind of experiencing that uh that just i guess that that experience of 
go yeah. go in there at two in the morning or at five in the morning and just all right we're gonna throw down for for three hours and, and have you got on have you got enough uh piss break uh tracks as well i mean i've never done <laughs> that's a good question last oh, time yeah. last time i played uh last time i played i had to basically i had to pee from probably my second song in <laughs> And I just, Fucking I just over, just I just, just over, I just overrode it. Oh, really? I just, yeah, I kind of just told my brain like, shut this part of your body off right now and just focus. <laughs> just, as this, I'm, this as I'm continuing to drink the Red Bull and the and the water and yeah, just like where's nearest cuff and just like oh, yeah. just fucking yeah. do it. Yeah, yeah, can't say I've ever done that, but. Never say never, right? Never say never, yeah. <laughs> As always, us. I mean, you've got a three-hour set. That's like a fucking... You need a couple of piss break tracks for sure. Yeah. Where's my nine-minute track? Yeah, fair. If you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, um, doing the three-hour set then, like, yeah. do you think... Um, trying to keep that crowd, do you think, you know, the the DJing that you did for the parties that you didn't want to play music for, like yeah. the top 40 stuff, trying to keep that wide crowd, do you think that's made an, like, an impact on how to do the three-hour sets? I'm sure it has. Do you think it has? I think it would do. I think so. Yeah. yeah. I think it would do because like you say, you've got to try and keep that flow going mm-hmm. for such a long time. Yeah. And it's a really good way to experiment your music as well. Yeah. Experiment the crowd. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I definitely think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I And uh, yeah, I guess other venues, you know, um, you know, you have the vault, which is new. I've played there a couple Banging times. Yeah. Awesome venue. Um, you know, I've played celebrities a couple times. How's that? Cause that's a big club. Yeah, it's a big club. Um, I had an absolute blast uh, the last time I played there. Yeah. Um, it's it's definitely different, but it's it's still awesome. It's it's kind of what you make of it, right? Yeah. Um, you know, you have Harbor, you have. Uh, what is the Harbor Event Center? What is it? Yeah. It's uh, it's the Harbor Event Center. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, is it just for anything, or is it like you know what? I I'm not really sure because the only times I've been there was for shows. Yeah, you know, to either go see my friends play or to see. Is it like what what could spe- uh, make narrow it down? Mm-hmm. Is it specifically a club, or is it for just normal events? I think it's for for everything. Oh yeah, I I think so. Yeah, I could be wrong. Um, b- b- just only because I've only been there for music events. Yeah. Um, and they also have the Harbor Theater, you know, which is uh, a bit of a smaller venue, which is, it's literally a, a theater. Yep. Um, so I'm sure theater things go on in there as well. <laughs> yeah. As shows. Yeah. You know, I'd theater be, things. Theater, theater <laughs> business. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, obviously you have Village Studios, which is beneath uh, Celebrities, which is, I love that place. I've never been there. Oh, never played it. You gotta never go. been there. Yeah, yeah. Never done it's it. uh it's it's an amazing spot as well. Yeah. Hmm. So what would you say would be like your your best set you've ever had then? My best set I've ever had. The, the best set you've ever had, yeah. Oh, or the most favourite set. Oh, that's such a tough question. Oh no, that's what I'm asking it. <laughs> wow. I feel like there's been there's been a few. Yeah. Um I feel like one of them's been at Gorgamish. Um one of them I feel like was at Vault um for our friend serena's birthday Mm -hmm. 
It was it was only a one hour set, but it was one of those sets where you just so in the flow, you kind of forget. You fucking loved it. Where you are and what yeah. you are, you just it's, everything just flows. Yeah. Um, that was a lot of fun. Um, another venue that I haven't mentioned yet, D Six. D Six Park bro. Casino. Yeah, one of the best quality. sets I've had was with with Bryn. Yeah. Uh, Did a little back to back, didn't you? Back to back, still one and Bryn Lytle yeah. to close out um, the RX show. Um, so that was that was incredible. Yeah, part is pumping, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, I didn't. Go, I went to the first RX, and but I didn't, didn't get the biggest last one because I was away. Oh, okay, but that I saw the videos and it looked fucking insane. Oh, it was incredible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I'm, so sh- I'm sure I'm forgetting so, some some places. Um, but uh, yeah, I just overall I love what's going on in the city and yeah i have nothing but love and support for everybody that's putting themselves out there and investing into throwing parties or investing into a venue and bringing people together you know like shout out to everybody doing that because it's not easy yeah and uh but it's really important and impactful for human beings to be able to just go lose themselves in music yeah make new friends be around each other you know and that's what, and again, like, I'm not going to make this about me because this is your show, but like, I had that when I played for you at Northern House. I was oh, like, yeah. I'm yeah. surrounded by fucking wicked people. Oh, true. Whoever jumps on the decks, fucking get on it, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I didn't care about trying to, you know, no, oh, this, this is about me. I was just like, yeah. I'm more happy about having like some good friends around to yeah. fucking mix tracks for me, you know? And yeah. you just do some random shit and have fun. And that's the. Yeah thing i love the most about when i did my set northern house mm-hmm. that was fucking wicked so like, don't get in there and fucking play like you yeah. know and cam and yeah, whoever yeah. else wants to fucking yeah, mix yeah, in a yeah. track you know and i think that's what it's all about i couldn't agree more yeah. and uh going back to yeah northern house right yeah. like from the start me and bryn connected on a very simple concept or ideology was which, which is just love might sound cheesy or corny. That's true, though, isn't it? But, like, you love the music, didn't you? But when you cut, yeah, when you come, I guess at the world or at a at an industry or at a passion or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, from that place of kind of like simplicity of you know, like we love what we do, where we love music, we love DJing, um, we want to like stand on that foundation of the love and kind of hold that space yeah which is what northern house is you know when you come on a thursday you're welcome you know yeah man. be like be who you want to be play what you want to play um there's no there's no rules or regulations that that say like you have to play this genre or like you know a lot of um a lot of djs have asked me like is there anything specific like any specific style or whatever no and every time like if you want to play this genre or that genre, like just play what represents your brand or yourself your style. or yeah. what makes you feel good. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Cause then that translates to who you are. the environment and who you are and mm-hmm. all that stuff. So yeah, while we navigate this, this world of quote unquote industry and business and, you know, different shows and venues and all that stuff, I think it's important to have that, um kind of underlying mindset of like why are we here yeah you know 
um, what are we doing it for? And it's, it's really just to not only like move forward in our art and like what we wish to achieve, but also to like help others do that for themselves and kind of collectively, um, come together I don't, like basically every instagram post that i post i always have the hashtag community yeah yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> just because yeah. it's so important um it's so much more powerful to change a scene or to uplift a scene or to inspire start one yeah or yeah. To start one or inspire you know it doesn't matter what echelon or what part of the quote-unquote like trend is illusion of trend yeah. or hierarchy or wh- wherever you are yeah yeah you know, or wherever you perceive yourself to be or where you're perceived to be. Like, it doesn't matter. It's like, you know, the guy, the random guy that you've never met dancing in the corner of the club is just as important as the DJ. For sure, man. It's you a know, it's yeah. all, it's all, it's all connected is what yeah. I'm trying to say. Exactly. And, and I've, I've had this conversation with a lot of people, um, just like the bar stuff. If you, if you learn how clubs or bars work, mm-hmm. You know how bars function with everything with the dj the door staff everything like that all has to work like clockwork it has to work within sync of each other and that's the club culture you know everyone loves that part of it yeah you know like i, I you know i used to do a lot of me and my mates used to do a lot of parties in fields and you know and even that is the setting up of it is wicked getting the music going is wicked mm-hmm. you know like and like you say, everyone matters that's in that room. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, doesn't matter if you're like the toilet cleaner or you're fucking the, the glass collector or busboy, if they call it that. Yeah. Here. You know, or bus aid or whatever. Yeah, the it. bouncer, the busboy, the, yeah. the bartender, the yeah. the co-check person. Yeah. It's yeah. all part of the, the crew and the collective of doing that. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I'm going to go a little bit more on Vancouver's scene, but I'm going to like, produce him. But yeah, yeah. what do you think Vancouver needs like now to progress or move forward to put it on the map hmm. in the scene? Because I'm asking you this question because you have a lot of DJs, you DJ a lot of parties, yeah. Um, you know, and you're really, you know, I think you're very involved and very knowledgeable. So, what do you think the the music scene with the cost of like the rent going up, utilities, mm-hmm. things going up. What do you think the scene needs to do to thrive through that? Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, cheers. <laughs> coming out with the hot questions, dude. Sorry, man. <laughs> um, well, first of all, I think I think the scene is going in the right direction. Yeah, I've kind of been feeling that since I moved to Vancouver. Um, obviously, we had the the pandemic which just plummeted everything right Mm -hmm. but i think it might have in a way been beneficial somewhat just because people are so hungry to get back out there once once it ended any situation it has benefits yeah positive and negatives right yeah i mean i had so many negatives that you know we we could talk about for for hours because yeah. you club know closures yeah yeah club closures yeah. and like just things like that yeah, yeah exactly and which is which sucks but yeah i mean we are where we are now and there's i don't know if you've noticed but recently there's been so many more kind of collectives popping up and a few new venues yeah there's and, a lot of collectives yeah and i would say i would say what the scene needs is kind of what every scene always needs which is um 
a slightly bigger focus on collaboration Mm -hmm. and more communication Mm -hmm. and in terms of i guess even just spreading out different parties or you know if, if someone's being a headliner one weekend like let everybody know so that they the other collectives or other venues can kind of like adjust and then maybe like the next weekend maybe there's like a role role reversal mm-hmm. but i mean it's it's hard to say that because every venue is in itself is a business yeah and so it's you can't really ask somebody to be like you know what just just take it easy this weekend or yeah, whatever yeah, so yeah. it's kind of unrealistic yeah um but like i said i feel like the the scene is going in a in a good direction i think i think as long as the individual components that make up the scene um remain fans first yeah they remain passionate for the music and the art and for the collective and the community Mm -hmm. and like supporting one another then it's only going to continue going up you know yeah and it's hard to it's hard to define what constitutes vancouver or city being on the map now yeah you know like what would you say that point would be um for me uh coming from the uk throwing parties all that shit you know i'm gonna go on about myself but no please do um i feel like vancouver um with social media now and marketing and things like that people go with trends that work a certain way and people are too scared to dot and dabble into trying new things so parties that I've done in the past and over the years I've been to DJ whatever people uh, are going to this I think going to just a room and have it think I'll get the best DJs or I'll get the ones that can bring money in and it's more money focused mm-hmm. and we're kind of stepping away from that yeah I think more about it is why don't we put more time and effort into creating the brand and making the set yeah like I spoke to one of my I had a podcast episode with one of my friends uh, Shane and he spends more time prepping the 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 detail and the the look of the event than the actual event itself so he'll put like flowers up and all mm. this sort of stuff and create like create sure. like a a thing like EDC or you know like you know Burning Man has their style and mm-hmm. then this and the other so I think collectives kind of need to have their own brand instead of just booking a DJ putting a lineup uh, yeah, a flyer yeah. booking a room that's it you know like take the week off and spend the week or mm-hmm. take the whole day off and get a crew in that want to support your brand so you're saying kind of create put more effort into creating a more like unique and representative yes, experience yes, of yes. what you stand for yes yeah. i think that to put vancouver on the map if you create a brand and a party that you mm-hmm. want to do then i think like for example like you know i've been to parties in the, in the back in the like, you know in the day and people would have their their logo hanging around the club right or from the ceiling yeah yeah you know and then they'll have like lasers bouncing off it or just something i think i'm gonna say i haven't spoken to him properly but cam in bootleggers right the drone thing 
Yeah. That's a fucking phenomenal thing to do. I agree. Like yeah. the the R the, agree. You know, the the can, <laughs> you know, the R X stuff. Yeah. That's a new phenomenal thing yeah. for the thing, you know? You're not just doing a generic thing to you know, booking the same and this and the other, like mm-hmm. doing the drone thing and thinking outside the box for something different. Oh yeah. I is, agree. You know, I mean that's just my technique. But No, no, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, because it's it's easy to it's easy to get kind of like um worn out by all the parties as well, right? Yeah. And if uh I guess if there's no real like uniqueness to each event in terms of like the decorations or like the real style or the, the decorations lighting. that's the word I was trying to find. Sorry, yeah, the decor. Yeah, the yeah. De- yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I, I, I know what you're saying. I feel like it would kind of like spruce it up and be like, Oh, I'm excited to go to this because it's like Yeah. And you know what? Like it's um the one thing like I, I didn't go unfortunately, um, but like the Porky No kind of like Tulum inspired theme party. Yes. I don't know if you went, but I it looked like they put a, a lot of effort into kind of like turning, you know, harbor into that kind of experience. Which, yeah, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah, and that's like um, the disco freak guys, the Irish guys that run yeah. that, right? They mm-hmm. they, you know, yeah. they're not bothered about who comes along. They're just but they like doing their thing. Yes, and that's what I think. It's more, I think people are more worried about having the amount of people on the dance floor mm-hmm. to show on Instagram. And yeah. I've said this to people as well many, many times. I'd rather have 300 people, a room of 300 people solid packed out. Yeah. A smaller room than trying to fill a big room. Always for me yeah. as well. I actually yeah. prefer the, smaller the, intimate, great, the intimate parties. Yeah. I like when the DJ booth is like on the same level yeah. as the people. I like when it's a smaller, more intimate vibe when it's just, when it's just packed. So yeah, you, yeah. Like you feel like you're... You're part of the crowd. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the That's what Carl Cox says. He's, he says, When I DJ, I want to be more on the dance floor mm-hmm. than I am in the booth. Yeah. You know? So yeah, that's yeah, absolutely. But you know, it's it, I feel like it's also kind of like a trickle down effect from the focus being on really filling those rooms and um obviously you want to show on Instagram or on social media that like you threw a sick party. Yeah you know who doesn't want that just just as a dj wants shots and videos of of them you know just absolutely like smashing a set in front of a packed crowd yeah. you know it's 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 kind of like you're manifesting that dream of just like really feeling successful in what you're doing obviously mm-hmm. um but then it's also there's definitely definite pressure if you rent out a venue now you owe money to that venue that it's venue has to well. pay that venue has to pay the bills so it's like there's kind of like that that sequence of um responsibility that trickles down to you and then it trickles down to the DJs to put on a good show to represent the brand well the brand represents the venue well you know it's 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 all it's all connected so well, when we went back to everyone matters in the club right exactly the door staff yeah yeah yeah. Night, Jimmy, yeah you know and you know and that's where yeah, going back to that. Is Listen, I you know not to not to interrupt you. Obviously, try um, you off. Sorry, continue. <laughs> yeah. Try you brought a check beer, so you're good to. to <laughs> all right, right, all right. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, you just it's something popped into my head. Um, I had an experience this past summer at a at a venue that I won't mention. Yeah. But 
it was like a stupid, silly little thing where, you know, we're, we're sitting down with some friends. Yeah. And a bouncer, like, I guess, tried was trying to get my friend's attention from, like, across the room. And, like, like turns on his high beam flashlight and just starts shining it in our face. Just to, like, f- instead of coming over and be like, hey, man, like, I want to chat with you for yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I'm going to try and, and give just, you an epileptic fit instead. Yeah, just, like, yeah. exactly. I was, like, blinded trying <laughs> oh, to talk to my friend. And I'm like, what is going on? Yeah. Like, you know? And it's, like, might have just been that one bouncer. But, like we said, everybody everybody matters and you can't like that one experience could make you not want to it could do, yeah go there anymore or whatever yeah so, yeah exactly everything everyone and everything matters and it's it all does, connected yeah. you won't go for yeah. but, but then like you'll do that and then you'll be like oh the lasers are all right yeah right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. flashlight in your face yeah you do that to a patron who's like just taking something and it's like just fucking what the fuck no good no, leave me alone <laughs> yeah um so going on to producing then you do you do a bit of producing didn't you i do yeah you do you've had a very very big hit the remix you've done in the past i've had a little i had a little creep through your soundcloud oh you did okay. I did. of course i did i'll get you like, on what is he talking about yeah. <laughs> so i saw yeah. yeah i had a little creep through like soundcloud and that yeah and I, was, I was like fucking this song's got over 50k fucking listens yeah. like you know yeah. so Obviously, going from what you said in the past, your inspirations were Robert Miles, Above and Beyond. Mm-hmm. You went through that phase of producing as well. Am I wrong? Or am I right? I I did. I mean, I'm still definitely like in that phase of producing. I feel like I've taken a bit of a break from it. Um, just in the recent like past couple of years, you know, I'm always working on things, but uh, they're always kind of just like works in progress. Yeah, just because you know, just full-time job and studio and um, just being so busy with gigs and Northern House and, and Northern House. Yeah. And, you know, we do the DJ coaching. Oh, yeah. So we could d- yeah. we'll dive into bed. Oh, no, yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, just, you know, we started a DJ coaching program. Um, me and Henry C are the two, uh, the two instructors, the two coaches. Sweet. And, um, yeah, it's a really awesome program for for anyone that uh, is looking to learn how to DJ and doesn't it just have to be, you know, beginner, it can be intermediate or even if you're an expert and, you know, you've been playing vinyl your whole life and you're just like, I want to learn about the gear because I've never actually yeah. played on yeah. CDJs, never seen a V10, et cetera. So that's been a really beautiful and rewarding thing that we've been doing mm-hmm. um, and we're continuing to do it. So yeah i know you gave me a bit of a crash course with the v10 yeah um but yeah i mean like you know i, I know you're a very very uh detailed person and a very very um how could i put it like a very invested person mm-hmm. so i know that you're going to provide that good service um Cheers. you know but uh, yeah the I v10 best <laughs> yeah but the v10 yeah. like for me I, i've never used it in all the years i've played and yeah. so i was like hey man can you just give me a rundown yeah yeah and, you know, it was a crash course but i know that obviously when you're doing a proper one-to-one yeah you'd be more invested and more stuff like that oh definitely yeah for sure yeah and how would people approach you to get that um again you know we have uh I, you know we have a few promotional reels on our studio page on my personal page on henry's page mm-hmm. um shout out henry c shout out henry yes um 
yeah, we... Nothing recently got married. That's right. Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. Yes. Um, yeah, we kind of just social media uh, marketing, if, if you want to put it that way, and also just word of mouth. And yeah. um, people, some people just message me that they're interested to learn. Um, they observe, you know, uh, that they look at the stream on Thursday nights and they're like, Oh, this is so cool. Mm -hmm. Um, so just, yeah, sometimes I'll be, I'll be out at a show, um, in the crowd and somebody will come up to me and ask me about it. So that's good. It's not, it's good that people want to be more, a bit more involved as well in it. Mm -hmm. People want to get into it. Yeah. Yeah. How do you, how do you think like the whole DJ scene now is in this climate like social because with social media and stuff mm. i always ask i want to ask this i ask this people yeah. ask people sorry calling my fucking words out <laughs> i ask people this question because they say that social media shows a lot of good but highlights. not the highlights yeah do you think we're going more into the the short the short-term content for djing i think we are I mean, you're talking to somebody who's never been on TikTok. Yeah. And I kind of refuse to because I'm already addicted to Instagram and YouTube yeah. shorts and all that stuff. I'm trying know? to do TikTok this <laughs> podcast, but I'm like, oh, I just can't be invested in it. Yeah, really. yeah nah. that's fair. Um, I mean, social media is such a funny thing, right? Because everybody kind of just shows the highlights or like the... The good parts. The good parts. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I kind of, I don't, I might, I maybe used to, I maybe used to overanalyze it in the past, but mm -hmm. I don't really anymore. Yeah. I'm just like, if I like a photo of me playing or, you know, have a mix to post or have a cool thing to post on my story, it's just, it, there's not really much thought behind it. Yeah. Um, sometimes I spend way too long on a caption just because I'm like, does it sound stupid? <laughs> you know what I mean? But then, yeah. but then at the end of the day, it's like, is it genuine? Like, is it, is it what happened? Is it how you feel about yeah. it? I think, um, yeah. And I think that comes from not trying to be somebody mm -hmm. or not thinking that you have to be something other than, than you are. It's like, yeah. um, like the, the cool content will come if you keep doing your thing and um connect with other like-minded people and you know just through the scene we we're saying before everyone's important yeah photographers videographers like such yeah. amazing humans that love to come out to shows and are big fans of the music are my videographers and photographers you know they're the ones that have to get in the nooks and crannies of yeah people dance around they're like oh yeah. something like this and they're like get the fuck over they're trying to get you know it's hard work for yeah for them, isn't it? Like, it's fucking fair play to <laughs> no fair. big time big time because they got to like, dive into the crowd while taking a photo you know mm -hmm. to pull all these stunts just to get a good shot yeah yeah and it's also that collaborative thing right if you're playing uh if you're a dj playing a packed room mm-hmm um and you have a a homie that's a photographer a videographer it's like yo come come shoot me obviously like you pay their rate and then it's like a win-win because you get awesome content and potentially more gigs out of it yep that you'll enjoy playing and then the photographer videographer will get awesome content to to show what an amazing job they do at at their craft 
mm-hmm. you know? So it's like a cool synergy um, thing of people coming together. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so many talent, like there's so many talented photographers and videographers. Especially in Vancouver. It's like the movie. And it's like the, yeah. The, LA, yeah. the Hollywood of fucking Canada and it, if you think yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, so where do you see yourself moving forward in the future of things music wise? I would say, um, I guess going back to production. Yeah. I'm really excited to start finishing music again. Yep. And not uh, be ADD about finishing songs. And I've been alive for years. You know, it's yeah. uh, like I love the creative aspect of producing. I love sitting down and listening to different sounds and making cool drops and what all, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, and then uh, oftentimes I'll have to go to sleep or go to sleep for to wake up in the for work in early in the morning next day or i'll have to be somewhere i'll have to plan for something so i want to uh basically my goal is just to like get back into production in in terms of making more time for it yep and readjusting my life so that i can actually really explore myself that way and because uh, i miss it and uh, and also just so i can start playing out my own stuff Try. yeah you know i want to be yeah. able to play a set with all original music like how cool would that be you know and you'll be doing what every producer does you'll have a uh the the private track on soundcloud and you'll be car tested earphone tested fucking headphone tested speaker tested yeah yeah i mean like fax machine tested fucking anything (laughs) you can go through yeah (laughs) and it's just like i i think i i i I hated producing for like a, a numerous amount of years I'll say numerous about four years. I fucking hated it because I was never over analyzing it. Yeah. And I treat the I now I'm the same way, man. Over in it, like yeah. And I I think yeah. now you should treat producing like the gym. Mm. Do fucking twenty minutes or thirty minutes a day. Pull away from it. Do thirty minutes. Pull away from it. Do thirty minutes. Pull away from it. Don't overanalyze it. Just simplify everything. And then you know you what you need to do. You know what you need to you know and then that's it because mm. i think some of the best creative music comes from your first instant your first thought of what you do 100 percent. because when you fucking start over it's shit i've done it i've spent three hours and shit and i'm like it's worse than what it's <laughs> Dude, how many tracks have you made where after like a month you're like on version seven or ten or whatever and then you go back oh, to right. version one and it actually like makes you feel something do you know what, do you, this is, you're right because in 2014 I made a track it done really well mm-hmm. after that I was trying to live up to that all the time and I hated it and I could never I never thought I was good enough to make I never said this actually so it's the first time I'm saying it um, I felt like I was the f- I was never going to make a track that could live up to it you know it got played by big DJs blah 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 whatever yeah. and I was like I'm never going to make a track to live up to it and then I, was, I, I ended up hating producing it yet Wow, because you, you just like, I'm I'm never gonna make anything as good as that. Yeah. Instead of just doing it for enjoyment, so that's why now, years later, uh, it's like no, you know, fucking treat it like a gym. Do a little bit here, do a little bit there. Watch, watch, watch. Be consistent. Dude, I, I struggle with that so hard as well. Yeah. You know, and it's difficult because again we're going to revert back to social media. So these people making perfect tracks in a 15 second fucking video. <laughs> Do you are know they? what I mean? Are they? You know, but do you know what I mean? Though <laughs> it's so edited, and they're like, you, you know, we in our minds we think, oh, this is this is such a banging track. It's done so quick. 
you know mm-hmm. and then we think we need to do that and we get frustrated and we, yeah oh no i i agree yeah it's what is it what do they say comparison is the thief of joy never wrote it but i like it right yeah it's uh yeah because djing is it's an entirely different beast it's uh yeah, it's you press and what you like you it? you you play the tracks you like you you do a gig you're done release of energy cool yeah. you know but producing it's especially nowadays with literally every plug-in doing every friggin thing under the sun yeah it's uh it's so easy to basically just get paralyzed by all the choice that we have and to not commit to something and i think you're right you have to start going back to like what am i actually feeling like how does it like is it does it sound good okay leave it like stop stop continuously changing it and overanalyzing and this is what i was saying this relates back to what we we're saying earlier at the beginning of the show which is you know when you said everyone's trying to cram everything in the box and compress it and do a lot in the box yeah you know it's the same with the music back in the day you you had limited things to make music yeah so you made the best out of that great music and yeah. i think people have too much now and they're trying they can't i agree do you see what i'm saying of course dude some of the best some of the best music that i've some of my favorite songs like if you were to give it to like a mix engineer or like a mastering engineer or even just kind of like objectively compared it in terms of like mix quality like some of the best tracks or pieces of music ever made or have complete crap mixes yeah like unbalanced like yeah. weird panning yeah you know but they they hit something because they probably connected with well not probably but definitely connected with uh whoever was making them and yeah it's uh i need to like thank you for the reminder because i need to definitely focus on that aspect of of art and creation like art can't be put in a box art can't be this this is it and this perfect. is why i love doing this podcast show because talking about this stuff you know people get so because anyone listens to this could be listening could be a fucking painter could be anything anything you, know? you, do, yeah. you know and it all it's all art isn't it and you know like when i when i speak to people about creating stuff you know and you you can always give good advice, but you can't take your own advice. You know oh, I mean? yeah. Story, that story of my life. Story of my fucking life, that is, <laughs> mate. And, you know, it's just like, well, there's one song that I, I love. I listened to when I was a kid. so basic. It's a garage song. And it's uh, DJ Decline, I Don't Smoke. Okay. So basic. It is mixed so bad, but it's not one of the best songs ever. Yeah. No, Robert Miles. Here we go. We'll go back to the tracks you, yeah. you know, you like. Children, right? That's There's nothing complex about that song. Nothing. But it it makes me fucking want to tear up when I listen yeah. to it. Oh yeah, do you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? You know, I and, do know what you mean. And people can fucking throw like snares and shit into his stuff, but I don't. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So I'm glad we brushed up on that because it yeah, does no simplify kidding. it down a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It does. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that in mind because uh, yeah, it's so important. Like, you know, it's I guess for me as well. It comes from that. Um, being in that conditioning from from when i was a kid of uh like everything that's worth it or is quality has to be like difficult and you have to struggle for yeah, it yeah mate we'll blah, 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 and that's blah, such blah, a like it's a european thing 
it's such a like you know especially in school it's like yeah. get 90 percent, like get a scholarship just, hard and just shit, stay yeah. up all night and ace yeah. the exam and even if you don't like what you're studying same just, when i grew up mate you know i, I was definitely thinking European thing you got graft yeah. hard and you got to you know, yeah you have got graft hard don't get me wrong but you think yeah. you gotta go through the wars to get fucking time. exactly you know I mean? if you get something that is beautiful and it came like easy it's almost like i don't deserve it it's like no there's, there's no way there's no way like that this can be real and there's no way i can leave it i need to actually like mess it up to make it feel like yeah. it's worth it because i'm I, it's come too easy yeah and yeah. then and then that's why you sabotage your all your tracks and make them sound actually worse with extra Market. extra plugins and counseling sessions yeah. as well isn't it extra <laughs> <laughs> extra, you know extra plugins and extra time and it's like there's no way i made this in two hours like yeah no i need to spend the next 14 hours like digging a hole for myself so that i can like feel like i'm worth like something and yeah it, 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 like look how much hard work i put into it but it's such a weird like mind yeah, fuck, man, you know? i don't know if that's i, I think that's like a european thing in it because we're all I, I, I don't know I, I, it might be European thing yeah, I, I don't know it's, it's, that's what yeah. I grew up with and you grew up in Slovakia so I'm kind of putting two and two together yeah. I shouldn't generalise really but yeah. you know just think maybe but then again like Jamie Jones he made Hunger for the Power remix I think it was like 30 minutes really? yeah I think I watched something years ago and he said I made this track so easily it was like so just there you go mashed together yeah you know yeah, bad badly mixed, but it was like one of the best tracks I've ever. Bangs, yeah, yeah. And, and here we are, you know. If we make a track in two days, we're like, I can't show anybody. This isn't no, this isn't it. I need yeah. to spend at least two, three weeks, like diligently work on a track to be like, okay, it's ready. And it's like, yeah, just so, fucking put it out there. Yeah, just put it out there. And I've I've self sabotaged myself so much when it comes to that. Yeah. You know, just because ex- exactly what we're talking about, that mindset of like, it can't come easy or it can't come naturally. But sometimes it does. Yeah. Sometimes it just does. And you have to like not clicks. block yourself. Yeah. And like, next question is like, how do you do that? <laughs> how do you unblock? <laughs> yeah. that's, that's round two. That's round two of the Yeah, pod, like the meditate, fucking read some books. And that's what, yeah. one of the things I've watched actually, Um, you know. Uh, and I have read is that meditation is great for producing music mm-hmm. um, eating well going to the gym living a good sort of lifestyle well, dude even playing with your kid you know like yeah, having just, some beautiful spontaneous innocent time being yeah, silly just you and the missus having a good time yep. like going out for dinner and shit exactly taking a break going for a run well, going for a run is one of the biggest, best things you could ever do yeah 100%. I think yeah, 100%. yeah. that's so, yeah. one thing I gotta get back into yeah yeah <laughs> big time <laughs> yeah mate so yeah. what's the future plans for still London then before we brush up? Well, um, keep uh, keep working hard. Um, keep uh, you know keep doing the studio thing. Yeah. Um, keep uh, DJing, playing shows, uh, producing, doing the DJ coaching. You know, sponsoring shows with the studio. Uh, hopefully, meeting new people. Yeah. Um, fostering existing and new friendships um and just yeah try to try to live a balanced and centered life so that the art does come through and yeah you know because i think we take too much into our brains and we don't live life to what it is yeah and also you know focus on making this 
journey of art and music sustainable. So, yeah, you know, cutting myself off at certain points in the night where I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna, I should honor my body and my mind and go to go to yeah, sleep man. at this hour instead yeah. of, you know. I, I do that, you know. Yeah. I, I If I've got a DJ set that I play, I do mm-hmm. a sharp an hour before. Yeah. Enjoy the set and then stay an hour after. Yeah. You know, doesn't mean I don't want to support the people. It's just that, you 100%. know, like I'm coming, I'm supporting, I'm having a look and I'm DJing and involving myself, but yeah. I need to sleep and all because I'm, I'm fucked in my time. <laughs> no, I, I get that, man. Yeah. And, and, you know, sometimes I felt bad for uh, for leaving a show early or not saying goodbye yeah. to anybody or whatever. Yeah. But, but you know what? It's like if, if any of my buddies ever were like, or any of my friends just left without saying goodbye like i don't care go like yeah i'll talk to you late like you know yeah we'll text, text me in the morning yeah we'll text each yeah. other whatever like i would never be like what the hell you just left it's like no dude go take care of yourself yeah like, sorry man i bounce you know yeah i'm up in the morning going gym yeah. whatever Jump good yeah that's what i should be doing <laughs> <laughs> yes i <am>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no mate, i really appreciate you coming on mate i'm glad we got it going in the end you know um no, Things always get away, don't they? You know, yeah, life yeah. does. But you've, you're a busy man, as you've explained. Yeah, yeah. So thanks for coming out here and taking the time. To no, much love, share man. Share your story, mate. Yeah. Thank you so much for I having love, me. I love yeah. your rings, by the way. Oh, appreciate it. Yeah, I love the uh, the the shiny jewelry. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got the you got the good old sovereign. Yeah. Yeah, it's part of me, mate. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Well, thanks again, man. And nah, I appreciate, it, mate. Yeah. It's been it's been a pleasure and. Uh, Hopefully, um, I wish you all the best in your future endeavors. Likewise, brother. Likewise. And uh, hopefully we could probably do a back to that one day. Let's do it. Because that'd be sick. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love that. I was going to quickly say, you know when we did Northern House? Yeah. And uh, you played a track. I jumped. I smacked my head on the ceiling. Oh, you did? You told me that. <laughs> yeah. You told me that. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> I was like, the camera's watching shit. Oh, I'm right. <laughs> we, need to, we need to make a gif out of that. Yeah, we need to do yeah. something, yeah. Yeah. We'll just make one of those gifs, you know, that just really Good marketing tool, yeah. yeah. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks again, man. Appreciate it. All right, cheers, man. Thank you.